Turn our Bibles to the book of Mark. We'll be in Mark chapter number 6. Mark chapter number 6. And uh, I have uh, been preaching several messages from the life of John the Baptist. And uh, we're going to come to uh, the death of John the Baptist this morning in Mark chapter number 6. And we'll begin reading in verse number 14. While you're finding your place, uh, let me remind you, we'll take a, a quick break after the service, go grab some lunch, and I'll be back for the 2 o'clock service, and we'll look forward to that. And I'm preaching from uh, the same chapter this evening uh, on sheep without a, a shepherd. Now, I want you to be here to hear that message, and uh, there's much to learn uh, from the Savior in that regard. And so, But we'll do that at 2 o'clock, yeah, but uh, Mark chapter number 6 and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 14. And King Herod heard of him, for his name was spread abroad. And he said, That John the Baptist was risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works to show forth themselves in him. Others said that it is Elias, and others said that it is a prophet, or as one of the prophets. But when Herod heard thereof, he said, It is John, whom I beheaded, he is risen from the dead. For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him and would have killed him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and a holy, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. And when a convenient day was come, that Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captains, and chief estates of Galilee. And when the daughter of, of the said Herodias came in and danced, and pleased Herod, and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou wilt, and I will give it thee. And he sware unto her, Whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, I will give it thee under the half of my kingdom." And she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in straightway with haste unto the king and asked, saying, I will that thou give me by and by in a charger the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceeding sorry, yet for his oath's sake and for their sakes which sat with him, he would not reject her. And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in the prison. And brought his head in a charger, and gave it to the damsel, and the damsel gave it to her mother. And when the disciples heard of it, they came and took up his corpse, and laid it in a tomb. Here we find the death of John the Baptist. This great man, this one that Jesus said, has never been a greater born of woman than John the Baptist. What a tragic ending. You say, Pastor, uh, we're just looking at a tragic thing to take place. And his life ended in prison and in death in a very uh, violent way. Uh, what is there to learn from there? There's much more to learn from this than just the fact that John the Baptist died. Uh, there's many principles that we can learn uh, in this story this morning, and I want us to do so. And let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you'll be with our time remaining. Father, we've already had a blessed day with a service this morning, the Sunday school hour, the fellowship, the music. And Father, we come to the preaching of the Word of God. May the Holy Spirit of God have liberty. May the Holy Spirit of God uh, be the teacher, the instructor uh, this morning. May in areas we need to be convicted, we be convicted. But Father, where we need to be encouraged and built, may uh, the Spirit of God have liberty this morning. And may we learn what you'd have us to learn. I, I pray if there's one unsaved, one that does not have their eternity settled, may they get that settled today. 
Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We find ourselves in Scripture. John had been in prison for uh, preaching against the wickedness of Herod. Scripture tells us that John, and I'm sure a, a way that was very unique to John, he didn't uh, mince words, I'm sure, he uh, pointed to Herod and said, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Because of this, it obviously uh, had, there were some results of that. Uh, certainly Herod was not pleased, but Herodias, his brother's wife, who he took to be his wife, really was not pleased. She was displeased to the point that she wanted to put John to death, but she could not do so, and Herod was afraid to do so because Herod saw something in John that was real and believed him to be a prophet. So he had John's life taken from him. At the same time in Scripture, Jesus and the disciples were doing mighty works, and only the works that can be attributed to a powerful and a mighty God. Word was spreading throughout the land. Uh, Miracles were being done. The sick were being healed. Things that only the supernatural could uh, be given credit for. And some, when they heard the miracles, they said, uh, is this Elias? And others said, oh, this has got to be the work of some other prophet. But when Herod heard the results of the miracles and Herod heard the results of what was being done. He said, oh no, he didn't say it's got to be Elias. He didn't even say it must be the Son of God, it must be the Christ. He said, it is John the Baptist back from the dead. He has come back because only he could do the works that he is doing. There's so much to learn from this passage of Scripture, much to learn from the death of John. Herod, no doubt, had seen something in John that when he heard of the works that were being done, he said, this has got to be him. Herod knew that he was dead. Herod knew that he had instructed his life to be taken. Herod knew that that the evidence in his body to be cast aside, it had been done. But John lived in such a way that the power of God was so evident on his life that even after he was gone, those that, that, that were involved in his death were having, if I can say it like this, nightmares about him. He, 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 they couldn't get him out of his head. And their conscience was such that it's got to be him. Now this morning, I want us as a Christian to look past the surface of John the Baptist lived and John the Baptist died. I want us to look past the tragic ending from our viewpoint of him losing his life in such a violent way. I mean, after all, don't you hear preachers say, it pays to serve God? Would somebody tell John the Baptist that it pays to serve God? If we're not careful, we'll look at a man's life And we'll look at a tragic ending from our viewpoint, but not see the obvious lessons and the obvious hand of God in this story. Friend, God never promises us a life of ease as a Christian. God never promises us a life serving God without obstacles, without defeats. That is just not the reality of it. But this morning, I want us to look a little bit deeper and under the uh, past the surface of the death of John. There are many, as a side note, who would say, I want the ministry of John the Baptist. I don't know if I want the ending of John the Baptist. While certain aspects of the end of his life might be true, I I trust that by the end of the message, 
And we'll look at the end of John the Baptist's life and realize there was more to it than just an imprisonment. There's more to it than just a loss of life. Notice with me, first of all, the first thing, I, truth I want to mention this morning is the obvious fact that John's testimony outlived his life. John is gone. His life has been taken from him. And yet the work of God goes on. And yet the work of God continues. And it continues in such a way that when Herod heard it, he said, it's got to be John. What was it that made him say that? Did he really believe in ghosts? Did he really believe that somebody could raise from the dead? Oh, I believe it was something that was in John that was such a strong testimony for God that he linked it directly to the move of God. John's testimony outlived his life. What a wonderful thing to be said of a Christian. There's a lot that could be uh, given testimony about John. The boldness of John. The, 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 the witness of John. The, 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 the John and in, in, in his uniqueness and in him being willing to, to say what needs to be said. But friend, let's not overlook the end of John's life. He is gone. He is removed from this world. But yet his testimony still lived on. We're preaching about John the Baptist today. In this day, even those who would not heed the warning of John, his testimony lived beyond his own life. Wouldn't that be a wonderful goal for the Christian today? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we took our eyes off of the temporal, off of this world, off of the now and said, I want to live in such a way that pleases my God, but I want to live in such a way that when I'm gone and my life is done, my testimony will live on. My testimony will continue. And when somebody hears of a work of God, they may, my name may pop in their mind. My face may pop in their mind. And they'd be reminded of my testimony. Boy, his faithfulness live longer than his days. His righteousness lived beyond his days. His boldness, his holiness, his power beyond his days continued on. Christian, don't live for the now. Live for the eternal. Don't live for the instant gratification. Live your life pursuing the things of God. You say, well, Pastor, we just don't, sometimes you just don't get the appreciation down here, and sometimes things just don't work out down here. But, friend, we are, we are living to please our God. We are living to please our Savior. And long after we're gone, our goal ought to be I want my testimony to continue on. I want the way I live to continue on. I want my great grandchildren to talk about uh, their, their great grandfather said, Oh, he had a faith in God, uh, he believed in God, and, and he was a righteous man man, the testimony should live on long after we're gone. It would be a great thing as a Christian when our days on this earth are through that our testimony still lived. We see that John's testimony outlived his life. But notice number two, John's faithfulness lasted until his death. We've seen verse 17 through 19 for Herod himself has sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John, verse 18, For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's 
wife. Imagine that. John the Baptist telling the king, you shouldn't be married to the woman you're married to. It got him in trouble. He was in prison, and the scripture reminds us and tells us that Herodias would have had him put to death. But, but John got some favor from Herod. Uh, you study this period of time, and there are some historians who would say that there is even some wickedness that was removed from the palace of Herod because of the influence of John in that prison. There was something about John where uh, you, you notice the scripture in, uh, in verse 20, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and a holy, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him glad, gladly. He would let him come in and, and speak to him. But, but, but John never backed off of his message. He never changed where he stood. This was the truth. This is where we ought to be. He wasn't changing that because he was in prison. There's a lot of, there's a lot of preachers today who'll stand and preach the truth until some adversity comes. And still some dif- until some difficulty comes. Until somebody in the church doesn't like what has been said. And then there'll be some change there. But he never, while he was in his prison cell, he never changed his message. See, Pastor, how do you know that? Because when the opportunity came for him to be put to death, Herodias, she pounced on it. There was probably opportunities for him to compromise, don't you think? But he never compromised Scripture. He never compromised the truth. He never gave in just because now the circumstances... Can you imagine the, the ministry of John the Baptist? Think back with me to his ministry. He comes out of that wilderness like, like, like a whirlwind, preaching, you better prepare, make way for the Lord, uh, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. He comes out like a whirlwind, empowered by the Spirit of God, Things begin to happen, things begin to take place, and a crowd begins to gather. And there's converts, and now John the Baptist is the one that baptizes Jesus Christ. Think about that honor for just a moment. And oh, friend, isn't it wonderful when you're doing right and you're serving right and and all these blessings come, but now he's in the prison. The only thing he gets for preaching the truth is trouble. The only thing he's going to get for his stand is beheaded. But his faithfulness lasted until his death. Might I challenge all of us this morning that our faithfulness would last until our death? May we stay faithful and today that trump could sound and the Lord could call us all home. Wouldn't that be wonderful uh, to be uh, reunited with Him today and be in the presence of our Savior? Uh, but if He tarries His coming and our, our days on this earth come to a close, when we draw that last breath, may it be a faithful one. When we live that last day, may it be a faithful one. Uh, when we, we do that last work for God, may it be a faithful work of God. Let's live to be faithful. God puts a premium on faithfulness. Friend, if God's given you a talent, be faithful with it. If He hasn't given you any talent, you just still be faithful. If He's given you opportunity, be faithful with it. If you don't have much opportunity, be faithful. Be faithfully serving the Lord. John the Baptist was faithful until the end. 
lot of Christians start out well, but they don't finish well. Well, there's more adversity now. You can still be faithful. I can't run as fast as I used to run. Well, you can still walk, limp, whatever you got to do, but just stay in the race. Continue to be faithful for the Lord. Well, we need preachers who will continue to preach the truth today, no matter what the outcome, no matter what the acceptance. We need parents to continue to teach the truth today to their children, their generations that come behind them. We need Christians to live the truth. The greatest message preached in this world today is the life and the testimony of the Christian who just serves God and is just faithful to follow the commands of Scripture, is just faithful in their walk with the Lord. That is the faithful life. Let me ask you, Christian, a very pointed question this morning. What is it that you'll betray Christ for? Who is it that you'll betray Christ for? See, John would rather go to the grave than betray his Savior. John would rather his life be taken than to compromise his stand. What is it, Christian? Oh, Christians, we have so many excuses today, don't we? Well, it's 2019, Pastor, and things are just different. And, and we live in a wicked world today. And, and, and you know, it, 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 might, it might have been almost as wicked as it was in the days of Noah. I, I'm not sure. But uh, we live in a wicked world today, and, and things are just difficult. in my family or my friend or this, what is it that you'll betray the Son of God for? May there be nothing in our life that would supersede our determination to be faithful to our Savior. Do not sell out, Christian. Do not sell out for the approval of this world today, for, for to stand before the Son of God one day, and to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That is going to supersede any dissatisfaction down here. That is going to supersede any price that we have to pay down here. will pale in comparison to standing before our Savior, kneeling before our Savior one day. What, 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 what is it? Younger couples that have your children small, you're still in that cute stage. Some of you are saying that, that was day two and that was over. But Oh, and they're your world. They're your everything. You better give them to God. You better keep putting the proper perspective. I've seen Christians put their own children ahead of God. I've seen Christians put their family ahead of God, their friends, their job. What is it, friend, that you will turn your back on God for? Say, oh, there's nothing. Well, I promise you this. You're going to have a chance to prove that in your life. You're going to have a chance to stay true to an almighty God. That is the goal. That is the standard to just be faithful. If you were to ask me what's the greatest thing about the people of Emmanuel Baptist Church, I'd have to say it's their faithfulness. God's blessed us with talent. God's blessed us with ability. But God's people are faithful people. John's faithfulness lasted until his death. Number three, and this is where I want you to pay close attention. 
Look with me at verse number 29. And when his disciples heard of it, obviously the death, they came and took up his corpse and laid it in a tomb. If John was treated like the average prisoner who had been executed, we know what was done with his head. His body would have just been cast into the street, cast aside. We find some individuals who, when they heard of it, they came and they took his body and they buried him in a tomb. So, Pastor, why do you point that out? That's kind of somber to think of on a Sunday morning. Because there's a great truth here that, friend, if you could grasp it, if every Christian could grasp this truth, it would revolutionize your Christian life, it would revolutionize our churches, and we could turn a world back to God. Because, see, the third thing I'll point out here is John's death revealed the impact of his life. But why else would these disciples show up and take his lifeless body and go go bury it? Why? Because... John had made a difference in their life. John had impacted their life. And because of that, it was not revealed to this degree until his death. Christian, I wish you would understand this. You live a faithful life. You serve the Lord. Much of what your life has accomplished is not going to be revealed until you're gone. That's just the reality of it. We don't know how much John did for them or what he meant to them until he was gone. See, John stood for something. John John was willing to believe in something and John was willing to die for something. He had made a difference in their life and when his life was over, that which he impacted their lives for, that which he made a difference in, lived on in these other disciples. Hey friend, you might be up in years now, but remember something, there's some lives that you have invested in that will last beyond you. Hey friend, don't worry. It just seems like I've lived my whole life and I've given to the Lord and given to the Lord and down here there's nothing to show for it. That's the way God has intended it. We don't live for down here. We live for eternity and after you're gone, the works that you do for God, they'll follow. They'll continue. Still those lives are impacted and will continue on after our time here is done. That's what we've got to understand is we continue to be faithful and we'll make a difference in somebody's life. We continue to serve the Lord and we'll make a difference in the life of someone else. Oftentimes a Christian, an older saint of God, they'll pass from this life to the next. We look at their meager belongings. Sometimes not a large crowd gathers to pay their respects. We'll make comments like, well, they lived a simple life, or they don't have much to show for the life they lived. What the average person doesn't understand is the investment that that Christian has made, not just in their own children and grandchildren, but in the lives of other people. They have passed on, but yet that which they live for continues on for years and even generations. Because, see, friend, the Christian who lives his life for the Lord, 
not only lays up eternal rewards ahead of him, but leaves behind the lives impacted by their faithful service. Oh, Sunday school teacher, you think of all of the children you've taught in the 20, 30 years that you've taught Sunday school. Think of all the riders that have got it on your bus and you say, well, well there's some that are here, but we're, I promise you, one day they'll, they'll be in eternity if they trusted Christ. But I can guarantee you this, over the almost 40 years that, that we've run the buses of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, they're serving all over the world. They're faithful all over the world. You don't know the impact. You say, what do I have for giving up my weekends for all of these years and not living for myself? Friend, let me give you some encouragement from the life of John. You'll one day, if the Lord tarries this coming, You'll take your last breath in this eternity and those rewards that, are, that you've laid up are waiting for you. But don't you fret because with what you left behind, no fire can consume, no enemy can destroy because it is an investment in the lives of other people. This month will be 18 years since the man who impacted me in the ministry more than any other man that Jack Hiles has been in heaven. So he's been gone 18 years. He's through. Oh, no. Oh, no. Matter of fact, his death has only revealed the impact that he's made in the lives of other people. It's true in our church, many of you, as many that were here early this morning, and many of you in the service now, you've been part of this church in some capacity for decades and decades and decades. You say, I don't know how much I have left. I don't know how many days I have left on this side of eternity. But friend, let me offer you some encouragement. When the Lord calls you home, your life is going to live on. Your investment is going to continue on. You say, I've given faithfully to missions. I've given faithfully to the work of God. What do I have to show for it? Friend, you're just beginning to see the fruits of your giving. You're just beginning to see the fruits of the life that you have lived. Because on the other side of eternity, there's all the fruit. There's all the rewards. But there's going to be some that you leave behind. I said, that man made a difference in my life. That woman made a difference in my life. I say, Pastor, I, I, I see how that could be true for a preacher. But it can't be true for me. Friend, you don't know who's watching you. You don't understand who's watching you and you have no idea that they're watching you. I can understand how a pastor would be a hero to some young children. Well, let me ask you a question. Who do pastor's kids look up to? I can promise you when I walk in my house, it isn't, oh, good to see you, Dr. Pastor of, 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 of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. It's, it's, oh, good to see you. No, it's, Dad, shut the door. It's just Dad. Who do preacher's kids look up to? I've been a preacher's kid. I have, I have preacher's kids. I, I can give you some insight into that. So I, I can see how somebody who would serve in some capacity, there might be somebody at your job that knows you're a Christian and, and they never speak up when somebody gives you a hard time about, about the life you live, but they're watching, they're paying attention. You passed them and said, I, I'm, I'm praying for you in this situation. And when they had a loss of a loan, there's something they see that you'll never know on this side of eternity. But after your life is over on this side of eternity, it will be revealed the difference that you've made. You say, Pastor, what's the practical application? 
application. Don't live for yourself. Live for the Lord. Don't live for yourself. Invest in other people. Let's do all we can to get people to Christ. Let's do all we can to get people under the sound of the gospel so that their eternity can be altered. But you know what? It's a wonderful thing being saved. You can, we can avoid all the heartache of sin and all the scars of sin. You put somebody under the influence of the things of God, it's going to change their life. It's going to impact their life. And some you won't see today, but let me just tell you, Christian, accept it. Most you won't see until you're gone, until your days are through. That's why it's important to be faithful until the last day. That's why it's important to be faithful to the end and just do the things that we know we're supposed to do. Too many Christians, too many Christians, based on what they do for the Lord from the results they see from it right now. Oh, I've, I've been giving the gospel, but I haven't seen any fruit. You keep giving it. Because we're reminded that one man planteth, one man watereth. We all like to be the one that reaps it, don't we? Hey, you, you don't know who might have spoken some ugly words to you when you were just trying to give them the gospel, but they took that gospel track, and when they shut the door or slammed the door, the Holy Spirit of God grabbed their heart and began to squeeze it. And sometime down the road, they picked that up and trusted Christ. Long after you're gone, you'll see the results. Let's just be faithful. Let's just be true. Let me just very quickly mention some things about John's disciples. They did not distance themselves from John even though he was in prison. They had not relieved themselves of their duty and obligation. And they were willing to honor John when John wouldn't know that they were honoring him. You know what we need as Christians? You know what we need from a younger generation to an older generation? To be much like John's disciples. Well, John is in prison. He doesn't have anything he can offer us anymore. So we'll move on. Oh, no, that was not those that have been impacted. Too many today are relieving their obligation of caring for and giving honor of those that made a difference in their life. Every every young person, every young adult, older adult for that matter, if you had, had a saved mom and dad, you lived in a Christian home, you have a responsibility to do right. You have a responsibility to serve the Lord. You have a responsibility to give honor to what you have been taught. God will hold you accountable for that. We need more to say, hey, I, I owe something. I owe something with my life because a difference was made. They, 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 did, they didn't know that the, the time when the Savior was coming. And John's message, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. They looked to the Savior. Now not only would their life be different, their eternity would be different. And they weren't part of the crowd that's ungrateful and did not give honor. And yet when John could not even acknowledge the graciousness, there they were. What a difference John must have made in their life. Fourthly, and I'm through. John's death was the fulfillment of his purpose. Why did John die? Well, pastor, are you not paying attention? The Bible tells us why he died. He died... Because he spoke out against Herod and Herodias. He died because 
Herod was enticed by Herodias' daughter when she danced for him. And he said, I'll give you whatever you want up to half the kingdom. And so she conspired with her mother. And her mother said, you go tell him you want John the Baptist's head. It's right there in Scripture. That's why he died. No, friend, don't miss it. Don't, look on the, don't just look at the surface. He died because his purpose had been fulfilled. That the reason God had put him on this planet was done. He was put here to prepare the way for the Lord. And the Lord was there. The Lord was on the scene. Very soon the Lord would pay the sin debt for all mankind. John's purpose was fulfilled. He was faithful as long as he had a day on this earth. And when God was through with him on this planet, he took him home with him. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. How many of you are saved this morning on your way to heaven? Your heavenly Father longs for the day for you to be in His presence. He longs for the day where you'll have no sickness, no sorrow. He wants you to be with Him. He loves you so much He sent His Son to pay your sin debt so you'd never have to spend a moment in hell. He longs for you to spend eternity with Him. But you're here means you got purpose left. Means there's something else that you're supposed to do. You say, Pastor, what is it that I'm supposed to do? Well, let's look at the life of John. He impacted the lives of other people. There's somebody you're supposed to impact. There's somebody you're supposed to help make a difference in. There's some part of God's work you're supposed to be involved in. So when God calls you home, there's somebody left behind. There's something left behind. You say, well, in this world today, you just can't do a great work for God. Friend, you can't, you can't measure a work for for God because you've got to be able to measure what is done in the heart of the individual. You say, oh, well, one day y'all quit being the nomad Baptist church and, and finally settle down somewhere. Friend, it's not about buildings. It's not about properties. It's about people. It's about lives. It's about the eternity of lost souls. John's purpose was complete. So God called him home. He used the wickedness of hearts to accomplish this. But God's time for John was done. Friend, death for the Christian is not as bad as we make it out to be. There's sorrow on our end, those that are left behind. Though it's just a temporary separation. So as long as we're here and we've got some days, and I'll remind you, no man knows when his last day is. May we spend our time being faithful. So let's remember John's purpose. It was John who said, make ready. Make ready. It was his record that said he was just a voice. His witness that all men through him might believe. His message of repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. His declaration of behold the Lamb of God. John's purpose was to prepare the way for men to meet the Son of God. I can't think of a better purpose for a man to have. Matter of fact, don't you know we have the same purpose? It was not God's plan for you and I to live in a wilderness eating locusts and wild honey. Can I get an amen and a hallelujah for that right there? 
But we do have the same purpose in the fact that we make way for somebody to meet the Savior. We make way for somebody to find the Son of God. We make way for somebody to see that Christ is the one who will change their life. What are we to do in our life? How are we to be faithful? We should have the same message. Behold the Lamb of God. And when John was taken from this earth, he left behind a whole lot of lives who were looking at Jesus. Don't fall into the trap measuring your life by the same measurements this world measures a life. But measure your life by what you leave behind for the Lord. John's death is not the way you would imagine a man, the way he was used by God, for it all the end. But it was just the means for God to get his servant from this side of eternity to the next. Oh, as a younger preacher and a young, young preacher, oh, we, may we preach like John the Baptist. May we have the fire and the conviction and the boldness. There's not a whole lot of preachers who say, I want to die like John the Baptist. The point is this. The application is this. Don't focus on the death of John. Focus on what the death of John reveals. There are some rewards in heaven waiting for the Christian who when their purpose was done, their purpose was fulfilled. You say, Pastor, that's, that, that's not my purpose. What's my purpose? God may have put you on this planet just to rear that son or daughter in your home so they can serve the Lord. That's a great purpose. God might have put you on this planet to be a Sunday school teacher, a nursery worker. God might have put you on this planet to, to, to work where he, he knew where you were going to work and you're going to cross the path with one person who will receive Christ as their Savior. You know what? God would go through all of that trouble, if I can put it that way, so one person wouldn't spend eternity in hell uh, because every soul is important to the Son of God. Let's just live the life that God would have us live. Let's be faithful and true until the end. And let's spend our life investing in somebody else. Long after we're gone, may the work continue. How's your testimony? Live in a way that will live beyond your life. Live in a way that will, somebody thinks of, Having faith in God, whether it be a child, a grandchild, oh, granddaddy, he had faith. Oh, may even the enemies of the work of God. It's amazing to me, men who've been gone for almost 20 years, they still get up every day and try and they hear a work of God. Oh, we got we to we 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 squelch his influence. That's living for other people. That's doing for others. Hey, don't get caught up in yourself. Pastor, I just, I just don't know that, that this is... No, 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 it's not about you. It's not about me. There's somebody, if you and I are not faithful, is going to die and go to hell because of our lack of faithfulness.